Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. I know I always say in every podcast interview episode that I'm excited to talk to the person. And honestly, I really am excited to talk to everybody, but I'm like especially excited for the opportunity to talk with today's guest, Dawn Anderson, who is the founder and the CEO of the Canadian Clubfoot Support Society and a fellow Clubfoot Mom. So Dawn started her society after her son experienced preventable complications in his clubfoot treatment journey. She realized how common these complications can occur and decided to start a society to spread awareness and provide the medically approved information to prevent them from happening in the future. And I'm really interested in hearing Dawn's story because of her experience as a clubfoot parent, but also her experience as a medical professional. She just has a little bit more knowledge about the medical field because she has a medical background. And that's something that I didn't have coming into this whole experience. So it's always great talking with her and just understanding her wealth of knowledge about everything. And I do like to hear about the differences because being in the US, the healthcare system is very different than what it is in Canada. And I like to hear about the differences in how the healthcare systems impact clubfoot treatment. So let's jump on in. So hi, Don. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Maureen. Super yeah. excited that we're actually doing this. I know. I feel like <laughs> just for background for listeners to hear, like Don and I literally have scheduled this. I can't even tell you how many times. And one of us have always had something come up. And so we finally are here on an afternoon, probably not best time for a family. So if you hear ambient noise, that's just life. We got little kids and <laughs> we're trying to find a quiet space that we can actually make this happen. But yeah, I appreciate you being here, Don, and us finally being able to make it happen. Yeah, it's exciting. I've listened to almost all of the podcasts now on my way to work. So it's been wow. kind of interesting hearing everybody's story. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for people to finally be able to hear yours. So I always start every podcast episode with a clubfoot parent with the question of just like, tell us about your clubfoot journey so far, like what it was like and where you guys are at now. Wow. The thing, wow, it's such an evolving um, process. Uh -huh. my, my journey, I guess, started. So I did find out at my 20-week scan. Mm -hmm. Um, that they saw bilateral club feet. Um, to give you some perspective on where I was living, so I was living in the Yukon in uh -huh. Canada. So it's a territory that is up beside Alaska and is the size of California, but wow. has 40,000 people that live there. Wow. So you're wow. very remote. And right. We have a small hospital and they're is a couple surgeons and, and stuff like that, but we don't mm -hmm. have the specialties. So when I found out at my 20 week scan, then I was referred down to Vancouver mm. to BC Children's Hospital to follow up with more in-depth anatomy scans and to meet with a neonatologist and um, geneticist and stuff like that to get kind of the, the full scoop on what was going on. Okay. That was really enlightening to me as a medical person and now learning everything that I have mm -hmm. um, from 
a parent perspective and just from learning everything that I have about Clubfoot, because uh-huh. I can talk about that later, but it was <laughs> it's mind blowing at times um, on things that were suggested or mm-hmm. or options that were handed out to me. Um, then from there, I went back up to the Yukon and was told that I would see a surgeon that was working in the Yukon that would treat my baby. Mm -hmm. I was very, I guess, um, apprehensive about that just because by that time I had already started to research and do everything and started to understand the importance of the experience Mm. that a physician has in treating Clubfoot on how positive your experience is going to be. And Mm. I just felt that in a population of 40,000 people, we have on average, maybe one baby every two years that Mm. might be born. Right. And that's if it was actually statistically. um, Right appropriate that it was occurring every two years for our population and yeah I just got to say I was really nervous and so looking at the Canadian healthcare system I had asked if I could go south Mm -hmm. to BC to be treated down there because I felt that there was just a lot more experience and I was told no so that's what differs I could, but it was all at private cost. So as we know, the Canadian healthcare system is free. You go to the doctor, you're treated, everything is covered, hospital costs, stuff like that. Um, If you want to change your path and go to see another doctor, you usually still need a referral Mm -hmm. from like a family doctor saying that they want to see you and this is why. Um, And then you would have to cover your your travel costs, not the medical costs, but the travel costs and things like this. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I should stop using my medical judgment in things in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it a lot and it becomes very personal. And I wanted to try to trust the healthcare system and trust people outside in that they are the ones that are actually educated in it medically and that I should put some trust into the system and, and go with it. Right. That I don't always know better and I need to separate my, my thoughts on medical practice versus what say the rest of the population does. Right. So I really tried to do that. Um, So when my child was born, he started casting on his first day, like the day after he was born, he was casted. Wow. So, yeah. And all of this leads up to being a lot of emotional stuff, because now I look at parents that had time to get pictures of their feet or, you know, like to really absorb it and and look at it from a different perspective, it was like, click, click, like the next day in cast, you're with your brand new baby trying to just go home and be like, is he going to sleep? Is he not? Yeah, like a newborn. 
yeah, just everything. And it, yeah, and it was kind recovery. of stressful because you really wanted to enjoy this baby mm-hmm. without it being all about the feet, you know? Right. So that was kind of removed and he was casted on the very first day and then we went home. And I mean, we just got used to it in that sense of casting. And I think right. it was around the third week cast that I was worried that it was slipping. Mm. So I had tried to get a hold of the doctor and I didn't. So I just removed the cast. Why and did when you that think it was slipping? Like what was an indication to you that like maybe it wasn't in the same spot? Was that I took pictures of every cast when they went on. So I did and tried to follow that instead of memory and just marking a line on the cast. Like I took pictures from above, from the side, you know, everything. Okay. And I guess that comes from a medical perspective too of, really wanting the hard proof Mm -hmm. not just my feeling right that if something occurred I wanted to be able to see look at this picture like it's it occurred that documentation of it yeah and I had texted and they had said I didn't get a response obviously Mm -hmm. or I'd called and didn't get a response so I just took the cast off Mm. and then they were good about saying, oh, that's okay. You can just come in and get another cast put on, right? So right. there's no no feeling of like you did something wrong or anything right. like that, which I think is the reason why most parents get scared to take a cast off. Right. But right. I still feel that most um, physicians, the majority, mm-hmm. good, bad, whatever, aren't right. going to say anything. They're just going to recast. And I think that's yeah. what I want parents to know more than anything. Yeah. Is that if you think it slipped, yeah, just take it off. Yeah. Right. If, if yeah. that's not going to affect their treatment, right. Leaving right. it on will. So yes. just take it off. You can have a new cast, even if it like, I don't know, even if for some reason it regresses back a little bit, it's not a big deal. You just right. do another cast, right? Right. Um, so the message is the damage that can be done leaving a slipped cast on is significantly more than taking the cast off and slight regression happening. Exactly, because okay. there's actually no damage done by taking yes. a cast off. Right. I mean, time which is equal to maybe one week, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes that isn't even the case, right? So I just say, if you think and you cannot get a hold of somebody immediately, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just remove it. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Remove it. And And then if your doctor gives you a hard time about it, it may be... A time then to it's questionable. It. Yeah, then it's questionable <laughs> exactly. about that doctor because yeah. you're right. Most doctors that I know and that I've spoken with say that same thing. It's like if you think that it slipped, they're not going to get mad at you for taking it off. You yeah. have to make your best judgment as a as a parent. And that's it. You're left with the responsibility of the assessment. So whether right. it was my child was crying more and I mm-hmm. felt like he was more upset mm-hmm. or the his 
like his calf refill and his toes wasn't as good or their toes were purple or whatever, or yeah. that it slipped, it's like, just take it off. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, like my doctor didn't um, think that it had slipped, mm. right, by the way that it looked. But he didn't say that, you know, like he had said, oh, I thought it looked okay, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to recast, right? Yeah. So Did you take pictures and, and after. Did you take pictures of what you thought were the slipped cast before you took uh, it? Yeah. 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 So you had so both pictures. I had that. Okay. Um, and then after that, because I had read all of the information about the possibility of having slip casts. Like I said, I was already anxious about starting with mm-hmm. the physician up there. Mm-hmm. So then when one thing occurred, whether it was or wasn't a slipped cast, mm-hmm. I got really anxious about it. So at that time, I had contacted Dr. Parani um, down in Vancouver, who I just can't say enough amazing Mm -hmm. things about him that it is his true life passion to treat clubfoot kids Mm -hmm. um that he even in canada these physicians get paid per seeing a patient right by the government okay Okay. um but he takes it out of his full time he has no idea what my child's name what his health information is Mm -hmm. anything and mm-hmm. has a Zoom call for like 40 minutes wow. over like what my concerns are, why I feel like that, you know, like that he would be more than happy to see me, but, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of went through explaining everything to me and teaching like all of this sort of stuff in this 40 minutes, like really took time out to explain what was going on. And through that discussion, he said that even though that that cast had slipped or whatever, that at that moment, he thought that his feet looked okay. He's like, the progression looks okay. This was at week three. He never saw him in person. And and I think everything was going okay. Okay. So he said that if you're, you can contact me at any time Mm -hmm. and I will chat with you. But, you know, to save yourself traveling back and forth to Vancouver and blah, 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 then if you are okay, just keep doing it, right? Mm -hmm. If you have any more concerns, let me know. Right. So then it went on and I, again, tried to convince myself Mm -hmm. that maybe I'm overreacting medically again, like that I'm seeing things that aren't really there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I continued with casting and because I have all of these pictures, it's really quite incredible, but, um, I could slowly see after that week, the bottom of my son's foot turning mm-hmm. to rocker bottom. Okay. So, so the very first one after that was extremely slight, right? Okay. Like it, it wasn't what it was at the end it was just a slight curve on the bottom and I brought it up to the doctor and I said okay you know all is going good Mm -hmm. I should say my son is bilateral club foot so his one foot looked one way and his other foot looked the other during treatment so the only the one was curved so I kept bringing up that well I feel like his left foot 
Mm-hmm. Like it looks okay, but, but it looks curved on the bottom. Right. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, Oh yeah, that's fine. That one is tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, it'll loosen up more like after the tonotomy. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So keep on going with treatment uh-huh. and, and trying to be like, okay, maybe that's true. Like, I don't know. Right. And and yeah, and then went through the next three casts mm-hmm. and it just slowly got like just a little bit worse, just a little bit worse, but still wasn't overly dramatic mm-hmm. at the tenotomy. Okay. So then during the tenotomy, um, we did it under local anesthetic, which I'm fine with and except during the process, he did the right foot mm-hmm. and he said that it released and then they cast it. Mm-hmm. And then when he did the left foot, he did it once and then was like, mm, you know, he didn't think it worked. So then he went back again to mm-hmm. recut it and still didn't get the same reaction of like the foot dropping right Right. like of that actual snapping and it releasing and then he casted him and when he casted him that's when it all happened was that week because I was upset because that was the day that I said again I'm concerned it looks more rounded and again he said the tenotomy is going to fix it and so I said okay Mm -hmm. and went through Um, And then he was casted. So when we went back after a week and a half, he wanted to take the casts off to make sure that everything looked okay and then recast. Okay. So he took the casts off after a week and a half and then recasted them. So somewhere during this process, whether it was on the first day or what, like the first casting out the tenotomy appointment or at that week and a half appointment. Um, yeah, he developed like severe rocker bottom, which I never saw until um, the casts were removed on the third week because it was really quick, right? Like I did, I don't even have pictures of that period when we took the casts off and put new ones on. Why do you think he wanted to do that? Well, part of it is, he was going on holidays and he wasn't going to be there when the casts were removed after okay on the third week so when you're when his casts were removed he wasn't there no so okay. he during like there's so many red flags now it's like when you speak about it after you're just like right. oh my god like the amount of me trying to push it down like I know trying to convince don't, yourself. don't do it don't do it just leave it just leave it um mm-hmm. so he wanted to see it and, and I'm sure maybe he wanted to see it at that one and a half marks too because he thought something was wrong right, right? so yeah. he saw it he recasted then when we went back he said I can have another doctor here Mm-hmm. for you when we take the casts off mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like this doctor's never done this like they're an adult and I'm like why would I have them there yeah right and to say that the doctor who did mine is an adult surgeon who had done a fellowship in Pete's 
right? So he was not a pediatric orthosurgeon. Um, right. But okay, so then we go back on that third week to have them removed and to get fitted for the boots and bars. Right. And I just had a ton of anxiety because you have to think of how rare it is that somebody in a population of 40,000 is born with clubfoot and treated for one at that hospital, Mm -hmm. which is the only hospital. But then to have all of the support staff, and I mean, I don't blame them. It wasn't their fault, like the Mm -hmm. physio and Mm -hmm. um, occupational health that came to fit with boots. Mm -hmm. Honestly, they had never seen a clubfoot child, never mind fit boots and bars, right? So they put the boots and bar on my son Mm. on that day, who A, had rocker bottom, was screaming wildly and and put them on. And because they had never done it, we went home like his boots had fallen off before we even got home because they weren't, it was the Markel boots that we got up there okay one so they were tied really loosely Uh because these two were obviously nervous that they were hurting my baby right they didn't feel yeah yeah like they had no idea so they were probably just like barely tied on and fell Mm -hmm. off and then from that night I god I feel like it was a Friday um I had the baby at home and tried to put his boots and bars on. So we got home, they had fallen off. So then everything I had read, like they need to be really tight. You don't want the heel to move, stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried to put them on really tight and was trying to get the heel in the back and all of this, which just Mm -hmm. didn't go well. Right. And it was that night my child never really cried. Like we always cried with casting mm-hmm. and stuff like cried because he was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. But then mm-hmm. at home always slept fine with casts mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And then with these boots and bars, because I was putting them on and tying them on really tight in order to try to get it to stay. And his left foot kept coming out no matter how mm-hmm. tight Like, I mean, I tightened these boots like they were like figure skates, like just (laughs) had somebody pulling on the other end, trying to strap them on so they were never moving. And it still didn't work. And it didn't work. And his Mm -hmm. foot came out or else he cried. And again, coming from the nursing perspective, I've worked in emergency pediatric and adult emergency for almost 20 years so I have heard and I am very clear on the difference of a baby cry and a baby's painful cry okay um and this was just pure painful cry he would fall asleep on my chest for about five minutes and relax and then wake up like saw like I just sobbing like desperation like it was like a desperate cry like he couldn't even scream at the top of his lungs it was just this sobbing desperation and he would do that and then from exhaustion would pass out for five minutes and wake up and do it again and did this all night because I was like I have to keep it on like I have to right right and 
And even, but it was the point, I think, somewhere through the night, like at four in the morning, Mm -hmm. when he was still sleeping on my chest, Mm -hmm. which normally he slept in the bassinet, but there was, that was never going to happen. That I was like, I just know it's a pain cry. Like this is not, because if I left the boot on the right foot, Mm -hmm. there was no problem. Mm. it was his left foot like as soon as I tied the left foot Mm. in he just couldn't take it and I mean literally his foot's broken and then I'm trying to strap it into something and it was that Mm. point that I realized because they put them on and they were like it's 23 hour wear I never really looked at his feet yeah right like I had I had looked at it quick when they were going to put it on but the cast just came off and then people had their hands all over Mm -hmm. them the doctor had called in because I demanded that the doctor be called by like FaceTime Mm -hmm. (laughs) so he called in and I said I I think that his there's something wrong with his foot Mm mm-hmm and they're like, no, it looks fine to me. He saw it over video and that was it. I went home. And so then from that point, I tried to keep the boots on. Right. And when I decided to take them off that night at like four, mm-hmm. um, I really started to look at his foot. Okay. And look at it compared to his right foot. And I was just like, oh my God, like, hmm. I know I'm right. Like it was yeah. just this absolute full intuition that something mm-hmm. is wrong with his foot and mm-hmm. it's not right. And I started like obsessing, taking pictures like all through the night of yeah. his foot from every angle. And it was that when I texted the doctor mm-hmm. and said, I am not putting the boots back on him. Mm-hmm. I've also written to Dr. Parani. and have sent pictures and I actually texted Dr. Dobbs on Facebook Mm, right and he wrote back fairly quickly and said yeah it's rocker bottom like there's no question about it and it's concerning Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I wouldn't put the boots on and then I got a response back from the the surgeon in the Yukon because I had told him that I wanted a referral now Mm-hmm. to Dr. Parani mm-hmm. and that I sent him pictures right mm-hmm. and like really good pictures mm-hmm. and then he finally says oh yeah that doesn't look right you know right. like he didn't say oh yeah something's definitely wrong. wrong he's like yeah. it just doesn't it look doesn't right. it doesn't look right so yeah I can put in I you know I can talk mm-hmm. to Dr. Parani mm-hmm. Anyways, then Dr. Parani wrote back and was like, yes, there's something wrong Mm -hmm. and took us as a patient. And and from that point, the surgeon that was in the Yukon never saw um, my son again Mm -hmm. because I had just said, I want a referral. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I want it covered by the government, Mm -hmm. you know, like everything, like you're you're done, you're done seeing him Mm -hmm. and we're going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, things have gone smoothly. <laughs> so did Dr. Parani then recast him and then do a repeat tenotomy? Like what was the process like to kind of fix the rocker bottom? 
So at first we flew down to see Dr. Prani. No, actually we didn't. So because I live so far away, mm-hmm. he got the pictures and he's like, it's rocker vibe. Like mm-hmm. no, no question. And his way of treating it was to stop all boots and bars, stop everything for six weeks. Okay. Like he wanted his feet to fully regress back. Okay. To natural club foot. Mm. um as much as possible okay because he like he explained a club foot always wants to be a club foot and will do Mm -hmm. anything it can to go back to that state yep so his belief was that even in rocker bottom where the the bones are dislocated the wrong way it's still gonna go back Mm um and and it did so we took six weeks, which was an amazing six weeks, mm-hmm. and he didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And his feet, both feet regressed back okay. into the not as severe of club mm-hmm. foot, but still back, obvious okay. club foot. And then we went and saw Dr. Prani, and then we started recasting. And on his first assessment, he was very satisfied that the bones had gone back into place just by feel okay. into a regular club foot that the, the, the rocker bottom had resolved mm. and that he was in regular club foot. So then he started to recast and he recasted. And then he explained to me that he believed that the tenotomy was never done on the left foot. Right, right. And actually was concerned. He pointed out where it was done on his foot mm-hmm. and that there is a possibility that there could be bone damage, different things, and that he would have to be followed just to, to make sure. Yeah. But he had a repeat tenotomy done then in the office again mm-hmm. and was recasted. And, and then we went into Boots and Bars and With it's been good ever since. Yeah. And I just think like mm-hmm. that transition of going into Boots and Bars when being fully corrected yeah. was like, meh, like <laughs> he didn't, he didn't care at all. Yeah. And and in he still doesn't, right? And I mean, he's mm-hmm. a year and a half old, mm-hmm. but he cries when we put them on because he's in nighttime and um, nap wear. Yeah. So I mean, he's tired, and I'm yeah. trying to strap something to him. I know. Which he also is like, oh my god, it's bedtime. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fight this, you know. Right. And because as soon as you put them on, I he mean, as, as soon as they're mm-hmm. on. He'll crawl around happy as can be and yeah. you put him to bed and he just goes to sleep. So it's just his show of, oh my God, somebody wants to put me to bed. <laughs> right. It's just that natural fighting of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a process. It's a lot, uh-huh. in, I guess, in a year and a half. And yeah. And it's been a journey. Yeah, it has. I think it's interesting to me that you talk about this because I think other parents feel this too, is that you have that intuition, right? You have this sort of feeling like you talked about from even the slip. Well, frankly, from before you even started, you were Mm. like, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this doctor is right. And then, so you kind of have these feelings and you're kind of pushing yourself and you're kind of like, no, let's try it. Let's just like, 
But then there was like this moment where you were like, okay, like, nope, I'm not convincing myself anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm listening to myself. So like, what do you, what do you say to other parents who are kind of in that beginning part where they're kind of maybe questioning it, Mm -hmm. like going, oh, maybe this isn't right. Like, what's your advice to parents like that before they get to a moment where they're like, okay, for sure something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I guess my biggest advice is to A, trust your intuition, but also try to figure out the reasoning on why you're not trusting somebody, right? Oh, like yeah, mine, I take out of it personality, mm-hmm. right? Because I have been in the medical profession forever. And mm-hmm. I know that there is a lot of amazing surgeons and doctors that have Mm-hmm. no, no bedside manner. Right. But right. they're still really right. good at their job. Okay. I, I would like to see it that they have better because it is someone that you want to be comfortable to ask questions. Uh, yeah. Especially with club foot for sure. Yeah. 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 Because there is so much responsibility put on to parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to, to be able to monitor and judge and see problems Mm -hmm. and deal with those problems that I still think that you want a good relationship with that person. And I mean, they don't have to be your best friend. They just Uh have to be open to questions and And answering you appropriately. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that's the first, but Mm -hmm. even there is to look at what their experience is. And like, for me, my biggest thing was, is I come from a population of like next to nothing. Mm -hmm. I know, I know where the experience is in Canada. Mm -hmm. And the major experience is in those places where there's a lot of population, Mm -hmm. because typically the same doctors are going to get referrals and they become known as the club foot doctors. Right. Yeah. And, and, and truly I believe it is how it should be. (laughs) Like I believe that those people that are treating all of them Mm -hmm. should be the ones that are treating them. Yeah. I don't feel that this is something that you should just get to practice like I remember feeling like oh he did his fellowship in peds because he has a special interest in it this is not a special interest this is like dedication and Mm -hmm. practice yeah practice for sure yeah and and on top of it is looking at the team because it isn't just the doctor Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so from my experiences you got physio and ortho that's like never seen this yeah. And you so have how are they supposed a, to help you? Mm-hmm. A nurse assisting who's never done it. Mm-hmm. Like there, like now that I look back, there's so many red flags, such as like the nurse holding the foot and the doctor right. casting. <laughs> so I'm like, so you got a doctor who's wrapping the casting material yeah. while the nurse is holding the <laughs> foot, and the nurse has never even seen a club foot kid before. Right. Right. And, and then, yeah, so the team is, you said you, everybody on that team needs experience. You need to be a team, like you need to be participating in this together because Mm -hmm. a child cannot be casted by one person, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not possible. And, 
everybody needs to know what they're doing Uh and be very experienced in it. So that's, that's another thing. And just to look at those red flags, like Mm. there's the list of questions that will be on our website when it's up, which we'll discuss later, but the ones that you find on Mm clubfootcares.org, like the red flags, questions to ask and stuff like that. And if you're not getting those answers, I mean, there's a reason that that list is there Yeah, is because parents have experienced it Mm -hmm. and and recognize them as red flags. Cause I can go back and say, I asked like, how are you evaluating Mm -hmm. the severity of the club foot like are you using the Pirani scale Mm -hmm. well no I'm just looking and I'm like well then how do you know if it progresses well you know just from memory so I'm like so you don't even have a starting point on how severe it is and Mm -hmm. he tells me oh it's like you know average and then when the Pirani score was used by Dr. Pirani (laughs) it's like my son's got severe club foot Mm -hmm. you know, so he's as high as he goes on the severity scale. So it's, it's just things like that. It's to really pay attention and don't take those red flags for granted, trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And really question yourself, like, why are you anxious about it? Like, Mm -hmm. are you anxious about it just because you're anxious about treatment? Mm -hmm. Or are Mm -hmm. those red flags apparent you know like are you seeing things um that give you a really good justification for having that anxiety that's right I think that's great advice well tell me about the clubfoot the the Canadian clubfoot support society like why did you want to start it where what's happening with it oh that came on so fast and out of the blue, I feel like. So it all started when I went down to see Dr. Pirani. Mm-hmm. He was, he assessed um, my son and we, he's so personable and wants to know everybody's story and talk with you. Mm-hmm. And, and during this time, he was using an app that he was in and putting information into for mm-hmm. um, my son's feet. And I asked him about it. And then he gave me, told me it was uh, an app that they were creating for doctors hmm. to give them, help them with clinical judgment on what they're seeing while doing the assessment. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was actually thinking, why is there no app for mm-hmm. parents? Right. That is yeah. like a total informational app Mm -hmm. that is like a journal that you keep of your Mm -hmm. of your actual treatment Mm -hmm. that has um, frequently asked questions suggestions Mm -hmm. all the information Mm -hmm. because I said I thought that in this day and age right that when Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed that Mm -hmm. I could just type it into my app store and it would pop up and right. that was right. that was the research I was gonna have to do on Clubfoot. <laughs> it was right. just gonna be there. I know. Well, and, considering it's one of the most <laughs> common birth defects, you'd think that there'd be an app for that. <laughs> you'd think, <laughs> yeah. And because then even I explained to him how much of a difficult time I had in finding information, mm-hmm. like 
trying to find the accurate, appropriate information by wading my way through the internet. Mm. Because when you type in just clubfoot, then you're like, well, that doesn't seem to really apply to me. Or Mm. the websites that I ended up using as an actual resource and had very good information that was kind of, to me, strict Ponseti method, factual based, and had really good information, weren't things that I even found until my son was like five months old. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, that's just not, that's not right. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted something. I think that when I first decided to start the society, like I hadn't even found clubfootcares.org yet. Wow. So I was really convinced that there was nothing for parents, mm-hmm. right? That there mm-hmm. was a couple websites that were from hospitals that describe what it is, but mm-hmm. that was it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to try to help parents here, especially at the start, because I feel like start small and then become big after mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in Canada by creating and working with Dr. Pirani to create an app mm. that would support parents and also be related back to the Ponseti method and have information that was approved by, by really experienced doctors right. treating with the Ponseti method. Mm. So we had decided that we would join forces and that the dream, which still is there mm-hmm. is that when they're finished their app for doctors, that our app for parents will mm-hmm. be able to join. Like, so if your doctor's using the app information will feed back and forth Wow, that that's like in the future, right. but okay. because it comes down to a lot of, uh, HIPAA, HIPAA regulation mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. patient information, all different kinds of things. Right. But that's, that's the end goal of the apps. And that is where the Canadian Clubfoot Support Society started mm-hmm. because I thought I need to have a charity, a way to raise money, awareness, mm-hmm. pass information mm-hmm. that is kind of bigger, bigger than just myself. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to create an app in salt, like just all alone, mm-hmm. anonymous mm-hmm. and come up with it. I, I really want feedback from parents, other organizations. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want this to be something that isn't actually useful. Yeah, it's like the point of doing it is to make a true resource for parents, and maybe even for doctors to get a perspective of what parents are thinking. Yeah. And, and that's where the society started. So Mm. it, it's, that's been, wow, a learning curve, because I'm not business minded at all. I am like I'm a registered nurse, so I don't yeah, right. think about how do how do I create a charity and market wow. and you know incorporate businesses and all of these things. So I learned all of that, and mm-hmm. it was in the in September of 2021. Then we finally got our registered charity status in mm-hmm. Canada through the through the government. So that was a huge thing because now we are actually recognized as a charity for fundraising 
for getting donations, for applying for grants mm -hmm. and and things like that, which in the end is going to help us get um, get the word out. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that my fire probably started yeah. right at the very beginning because I heard that there was another child being born in the Yukon oh. with club feet. <laughs> gotcha. So I think that also sped things up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to stop happen. it. Like I, I yeah. need to do something like I, I can't live my life knowing that this is going to happen to another child. And mm -hmm if if I could do anything to prevent mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and sadly I have to say that story didn't end well and I didn't prevent mm -hmm. and I I talked to this mom all the time mm -hmm. but she ended up being treated by the same doctor mm -hmm. and her son was born with bilateral club feet and he is like worse off than my son where he has permanent scarring across the front of his feet that mm -hmm. now have developed like you know huge scars mm -hmm. that are permanent there for life and and it's just every day is like I just can't let that yeah we need to stop it like <laughs> yeah it just can't be happening I understand that because I feel like that resonates with me because I had a similar feeling for myself when I was doing the book. It's like, that was the driving thing, not mm -hmm. about stopping the complications, but for me, it was yeah. like, no other parent should feel the way that I felt, which was like, I don't have anybody that I can talk to. My medical team isn't here to answer like all my 5 million questions that I have. And I just don't have the support that I needed. So it was this driver of like, you know, I thought, oh, I should wait until she's done with her treatment fully. Right. And then I'll write the book. But the reality is like, I don't even remember now. She's almost four. And I have a hard time remembering what it was like when I was in it and how I was feeling. So I commend you for being able to like, you know, push forward. And I think that it's great. And I think you're right. I think that I have no idea why there isn't an app available like this for parents. And I think it's just going to be an incredible resource for parents to be able to even track and document, like you said in the beginning, this documentation of your child's feet and the progression and the cast and after every cast, I think is just invaluable. And then to be able to keep that information in one spot so that mm -hmm. if and when things are, you have that kind of intuition moment, you have the documentation to look at and go, yes, this doesn't look, you know, and you have it for yourself, for your own peace of mind. And because my thing is like, I, I have that drive to pass the information on to people like you at the beginning, mm -hmm. I felt so lost. And mm -hmm. it's like, where is that support? Where is anybody telling you anything? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and giving you information on how it is difficult but this is how you get through it or this is how I can help you mm -hmm. and and then the other side is because we did have like those physical complications mm -hmm. that I yeah I, I really wanted to stop that 
-hmm. And it's hard because like you say, you go through a period where now my son's only a one and a half, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, it's part of my everyday. Nothing (laughs) is changing dramatically other than, of course, I always have in the back of my mind, like, is he going to relapse? Is he going to relapse? Right. But, But still, we have gone past all the major complications Mm-hmm. Like, luckily, he had an amazing doctor and everything was corrected. Mm-hmm. But then it is those moments. And I think that's where I get most of my drive to continue to push on past my, my normalcy kind of thing mm-hmm. is that when parents ask me for help or tell me their story, or I get wind of something that's going Mm -hmm. on. And it just like, sets me on fire, because I think I have such a strong personality, Mm -hmm. that I have no problem demanding for what I want, Mm. right, without any politeness or going around. It's like, if I've decided, I will Mm -hmm. let you know. And the saddest part about that was Dr. Parani telling me the only reason you're here Mm -hmm. is because you're you. Like Mm -hmm. the only reason your child is seeing me right now Mm -hmm. is because of your personality Mm -hmm. And knowledge to say, I like it's unacceptable. Right. And you're sending me to see somebody. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And he said, because other people don't know that they can do that. Yeah. Or they are shy, Mm -hmm. right? Shy or concerned about challenging this, right? Or maybe just don't want to have conflict, right? Mm -hmm. There's all those different things. So With that, he's like, the information needs to be out there, right? Because I guess just parents need to know what their rights are and what the expectations are of treatment too. Right. And and where you can find support and and accurate and good information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important for parents, especially because with clubfoot treatment, so much is placed on the parents, right? You're... There's so much responsibility. And so parents need to feel supportive and they also need to have resources to educate themselves about what they have a right to demand. Like that was something I really struggled with a lot was I'm not that type of person. I'm not like people will say I am, but the reality is no, like I'm, I'm like a person that at a restaurant, like if they send me the wrong food, I'll probably just eat it. Like, and I won't back, you know, like I just... have that quality. And so there was a big challenge for me to push and go like, okay, it's not doctors knows best. Like Mm -hmm. I have to listen to myself because I know my child best and I'm here caring for my child. So Mm -hmm. I know something's wrong. So I'm going to advocate for, okay, but that it doesn't come naturally to a lot of parents. So you're right. Like that personality piece does play a role in your ability to kind of go, okay, something needs to change. And I think if you have the documentation, the resources, the information to back you up in your belief, if you're more Mm -hmm. like me and, you know, questioning yourself, you'll be able to go like, no, listen, this is what, it's not just me. Like it's all these things that are saying Mm -hmm. that there's something wrong. So 
I'm going to trust in that. And I'm going to ask you to do something different, or I'm going to go see somebody else. Right. Yeah. And I think that having all of that, it truly does make parents the expert, right? Mm -hmm. Because there isn't a lot of treatments out there that are, that require parents to be the responsible force Mm -hmm. for knowing when an error has occurred, That's right. right? To to the change of their children's behavior, to Mm -hmm. um, taking care of wounds, changing how things fit, like Mm -hmm. just the full responsibility that goes into it. Mm -hmm. There is not a lot of treatment out there Mm -hmm. that require a parent Mm -hmm. to become a full expert and understand Mm -hmm. what's going on. And I also Mm -hmm. feel like there isn't something out there that has that many complicated issues that come up in treatment, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't normally, like I've had knee surgery and ankle surgery. Mm -hmm. I didn't question one of those doctors. Right. You know, it was like, no, you're going to go in and do this, do that. And it was like, okay. Mm -hmm. But with this, you learn to be the expert and realize that doing surgery is the easy part. Mm -hmm. You know, like doing surgery is the easy fix. Mm -hmm. This is something that is like a full art Mm -hmm. which you need to have some sort of investment into Mm -hmm. in order to correct it properly Mm -hmm. it isn't just as easy as cutting a tendon and replacing it over here right Right. it's it it actually comes down to feel and and listening to what parents are saying and Mm -hmm. looking at how children are reacting yeah and it comes down to a lot of that built relationship between parents and the medical team, you know, that it, yeah. I try to impart that with parents all the time. Like it's not doctor led. It's a lot of you guys communicating together because you see what's going on at home. Like your doctor mm-hmm. didn't know what was happening with your son on the first night of boots and bar yeah. at home and you knew. And so I think that's such an important message for parents to understand with clubfoot treatment is Mm -hmm. it has to be a team like you said and you are part of the medical team and I uh one of my friends who doesn't have a child with clubfoot but has another she has special needs is says to me sometimes she said to me once like I'm the most important person on my kids medical team like I know that like I'm the most important person as the parent so when I walk into any situation where there is a medical team I know that my voice is just as important as everyone else is there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that clubfoot parents really need to hear and start to kind of step into that power that they have and use their voice. A hundred percent. I mean, you are the only one who is truly advocating for your child, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it is, a fiduciary responsibility of a doctor to right. take your best interest. Mm-hmm. But that best interest is not the same best interest as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and when you are saying that something is wrong, it is because you know something is wrong. Right. And, and I think that that is stronger than any, like anything out there that you are the, the best advocate for your child and what they need. Yeah. And, and I mean, that comes down to, to many different choices in treatment and stuff like that. If a parent decides on a treatment, I think as well as um, me being very strongly focused on, you know, Ponsetti method being Mm -hmm. the gold standard and stuff like that, I still don't judge parents for making different decisions. Mm -hmm. It's just the same way I don't judge parents for parenting a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. It's not my child. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that the majority of people are making the best choice for their child that they know how to make, you know, right. And, and I, all I ask people is when it comes down to those difficult times, that you do trust your intuition, like I said, mm-hmm. but you also have to be extraordinarily open minded to why you feel that way, right. Mm-hmm. So if you're having problems like I did with the boots and bar to really, really, it's like dig deep, right? So if my child starts fighting his boots and bar and starts crying, like, I don't know, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. it was like, he was having a sleep regression, mm-hmm. right? He, he was waking up and crying in the middle of the night. And I'm like, yeah, well, I, I have other children. So luckily, I know this, right? Right. That right. every couple months, mm-hmm. there's these sleep regressions, and mm-hmm. they'll wake up and cry for no reason. Or mm-hmm. maybe your children hit an age at like three, and they'll have night terrors. Mm-hmm. My other child never had night terrors. My second one did, you know, and, and really look at what all the options could be that relate to your issue because I really dug deep and was like was it truly that I had concerns about the doctor Mm -hmm. or was it that I had concerns about you know myself letting go of control Mm -hmm. was it the concern you know Mm -hmm. so in every situation I think you really need to lay out what all the options could be right yeah. And really try to, to figure it out because it is complicated. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think that's really important to be able to kind of step into not only feeling your intuition, but then asking yourself why you're feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because sometimes it could be, I'm just really scared right like maybe it is that you've been on social media and you've been reading way too many negative Facebook posts right right you know what I'm saying like gone down the rabbit hole your entire personal opinion on a treatment could honestly be changed Mm -hmm. if you are open and susceptible to really like to certain information yeah. Right? Where, right. where you could be against something or not against it usually, but you mm-hmm. could not be open to it. But then when you're bombarded with information, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, no, I changed my mind and mm-hmm. I want to do this. Right. Right. And, and that, I think, is something 
something that you need to be careful of, of when looking for support because I am on social media, right? And mm-hmm. and I joined all the Clubfoot support groups. And I have to say, like, I thank God they were there, especially at the very beginning when I found out that I was pregnant with and my baby had club feet. Right. Because I got a lot of support, yes. of very positive support mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's all going to be good. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, this is mm-hmm. my child, you know, like, mm-hmm. and gave you really good feedback of mm-hmm. made you feel a lot more relaxed. Mm-hmm. But then the longer that I was there, and if I, especially early on, because you're awake at night anyways, scrolling because mm-hmm. your baby's up right Mm -hmm. then then it seemed to take a different turn when you start seeing things that are negative happening and trying to realize that those honestly are the rare cases Mm -hmm. you know it seems like there's a lot of posts Mm -hmm. which there are right but overall it is not the common thing occurring. People do not post every day. Oh, look at how good my baby's feet are in his socks. Oh, look, he has just a slight red mark, but I know it's okay. You know, like you're, you're not, you're not pulling out all of those regular things and talking about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. And that was something I also had to remind myself of, of, in the groups and honestly even till still to this day is like going oh, yeah okay like you have to just keep it with the knowledge that the people who are posting are a lot of people who are looking for support to like looking for help they need help and so you don't yeah. hear from the people who don't need help the people who are kind of smooth sailing through it and like yeah. you said not not posting about it and there's plenty of people out there um myself included who don't post stuff at all like good or bad and so there is this piece of I'm not going I would never feel comfortable like putting pictures of her feet and saying like hey what do you guys think of this Mm -hmm. it's just not in my realm not that I judge parents who do because they Mm -hmm. do and a lot of people don't have the same support system or network of people Mm -hmm. that I do to be able to say like hey what do you think of this Um, but it's just good for parents to understand and have that in their mind of like, okay, when I'm looking at this, it's, it isn't giving me a full picture of what everybody is actually experiencing with their club foot. No. And I find that like, and this is coming from me who did have a bad experience. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And, and I still get upset because I'm like, there are so many good doctors mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. they aren't the most not all of them are Dr. Prani or mm-hmm. Dr. Dobbs that yeah. happen to have big names because they're attached to Dr. Ponsetti himself mm-hmm. and have invested their life mm-hmm. into doing it, right? right? There is still people out there that yeah. see, like even Dr. Prani will say like, there's doctors all over this world that see a million times more patients than I do, right? Yeah. Like, he's like, I do my clubfoot clinics on certain days. Mm-hmm. They, they are, they will never be out. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a twenty-four hour a day back to back thing. Yep. And 
and that they aren't having problems. And I didn't really start to clearly get that until we started to run a patient survey Mm. and it was done online and now it continues and it's on our website for Canadians, Mm -hmm. right. That are treated in Canada. And it is, um, that tell us your experience, right? Was it good? Was it bad? Giving them criteria, like, Mm -hmm. I don't want bad to be, I don't know, doctor isn't very nice kind of thing. Yeah. But did you have complications? What, you know, why do you think they occurred or whatever? Mm -hmm. And, and when I started getting all this feedback and seeing all the doctors across Canada that have treated clubfoot Mm -hmm. and the, the comments that were given, I feel like they're usually the way I think about it is you're much more likely to get a review mm-hmm. if it's bad, right? Yeah. People who yeah. have bad experiences, you will never hear the end of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it, it will attach forever. Mm-hmm. People who have good experience, you don't hear as much, right? Because they're happy. They're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy. Life is yeah, good. Well, well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that when I posted it and was like, I really want to hear good, mm-hmm. bad, neutral, whatever. Yeah. That then I really started to see this picture across Canada mm-hmm. of who was treating them. Yeah. What their experiences were. And of course, I mean, you might have the odd one that might have like 15 good reviews and one bad. Right. But then it's looking at that and piecing it together. Right. You don't know the whole story because it's it's one sentence. Mm -hmm. And. But that also helped give me perspective on how many good doctors were treating people well in Canada. Mm -hmm. And you could also see where a lot of complications came from. Mm And again, it led straight back to the majority of the complications came from places that didn't have high birth rates and weren't treating a lot of people. And that was it. It just like Mm -hmm. nailed it back into the people with the most experience are doing a better job of treating. And that's it. Right. (laughs) And in Canada, that's difficult because we're really big. Yeah. And really small population that is spread out into a couple lumps with large population and the rest is really sparse. So it really leaves half of Canada with not the best kind of level of experience that you would want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes it difficult. Yeah. So I always end with the same question of like, is there... Well, I'll get your, I'll get contact information after this. Okay. Okay. Don't don't worry. Okay. But is there like a moment, like just something that stands out as being like extra special, some, like some memory or something on your clubfoot treatment journey as a parent? Just one thing that's really memorable. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything, right? So just something that makes you think like, oh yeah, I'll never forget that. Or this was something that really surprised me or. The biggest thing that made the biggest difference to me 
mm-hmm. was like honestly meeting a couple people. So the day that I met Dr. Perani in person and he treated my son mm-hmm. was like, I guess a life changing moment mm-hmm. of having pressure lifted off my mm-hmm. chest. Mm-hmm. that I hadn't even realized was there like it was a point that I'm a very strong person and will push through anything no matter what it is mm-hmm. but it was that moment of kind of sheer relief that I, after I left that appointment I just like sat in the car and cried mm-hmm. because it was like oh just really it's all, it's all gonna be okay from yeah. here on in right and it took that minute to see how he treated my son mm-hmm. right how gentle he was how he was not okay with my son crying mm-hmm. and and how he treated me as a parent mm-hmm. and and explained things just just the whole thing rolled into a ball Mm-hmm. is like a moment of yeah just realizing that it's all going to be okay and thank god that i advocated for my kid which yeah and and i think that parents that have that and feel that experience mm-hmm. is just like oh just you you feel like it's not all you anymore when mm-hmm. you're fighting against somebody it feels like a fight and that fight that fight kind of ends like and and it was just a really yeah it was like the best meeting Hmm. ever wow I felt like I was meeting just a I, I don't know you're just an amazing human being and I think to be around somebody that has as much passion for something that he does yeah it's hard not to be overcome Mm -hmm. with kind of gratitude for a human being like that because you're just like wow yeah it's it's not a job it's not uh it's not something that you do because it's part of your job Mm -hmm. it's just you truly believe in it yeah it's like a passion it's more than yeah yeah, I guess that is special. Hey. See? That was really special. It was really special. <laughs> so if parents want to learn more or donate or get in contact with you, where should they go? So because this podcast will be around for a while, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> our website is up and it okay. is clubfoot, um, clubfoot.ca. Okay. So there is a temporary website there mm-hmm. um, and it does accept donations and you can okay. click on contact me mm-hmm. and it sends an email to info at clubfoot.ca. Okay. So that's the best way. And I just want to let everybody know that we are really hoping to have the website and app up and running for June. So all right, that's, that's the goal. Do you have like a mailing list for people if they are interested in wanting to know when it's going to be up and running or just to email that? um, Just to contact us. 
Yeah. And we will definitely be be putting it up everywhere so everybody's awesome. aware that it is there. And we did collect a, a bunch of emails during our surveys on what people wanted to see in an app. But right. yeah, just just contact us through the website or email info at clubfoot.ca and we can we I connect with everybody who emails. So Awesome. I can get back to you right away. And you have a, you guys have an Instagram too, right? Is it clubfoot.ca too? Yeah, clubfoot.ca on Instagram. And right. then there is a, a Facebook page, mm-hmm. which is the Clubfoot Support Society, the Canadian right. Clubfoot Support Society. Okay. Um, and a group that we're starting as well. Okay. For parents, it's a private group if anybody wants to share stuff. Awesome. Well, lots of ways to get in contact with you then. Lots of ways. Pretty yeah. much every possible way. Every way. <laughs> other than my personal phone number. <laughs> yeah, understandable. <laughs> well, I want to thank Don for being a guest today on today's podcast. And I really hope you guys enjoyed having her, listening to her as much as I did talking with her. And I just want to thank you, Don, for all the work that you're doing as an advocate and bringing awareness to clubfoot treatment and especially competent clubfoot treatment. And I know that the work that you're doing is going to have such an an important and lasting impact on the entire clubfoot community. So thanks for doing all the work. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad that we finally found a time. I know. And I just thank you so much for having the podcast Mm. because I think that it's something so necessary to have so many different streams of information going out and you are probably the easiest person in the entire world to talk to oh so <laughs> i'm sure Must there's that a lot therapist of editing. background <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much because it makes it really easy to tell stories or mm. Well, I'm very grateful that people are willing to be on it and share their story. And I just so appreciate it. It's not something that I ever thought I'd be doing, but I'm so happy that it is helpful to people because that's the driver behind it all. It's just trying to get information and resources and to help parents as much as I can. So yeah, it's great. I love it. All right. Well, as always, thanks for listening, guys. And if you found the episode helpful and enjoyed listening, you can like, subscribe, or share with your family and friends. And if you need to get in contact with me directly, you can do through us on my website at marinehoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.